0: You're listening to the St John's Diamond Creek podcast, recorded live each Sunday at St John's Anglican Church, Diamond Creek. This episode presented by Locum Associate Minister Megan Curless Gibson.
1: Tonight's reading will be from One Peter chapter four, verses one to nineteen. Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves also with the same attitude, because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. As a result, they do not live the rest of their earthly lives for human desires, but rather for the will of God. For you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose to do, living in debut. but living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing and detestable idolatry. They are surprised that you do not join them in their reckless wild living and they heap abuse on you. But they will have to give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead for this is the reason the gospel was preached even to those who were now dead so that they might be judged according to the human to human standards in the regard to the body but live according into God in regard to the spirit the end of all things is near therefore be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray above all above all love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins offer hospitality to one another without grumbling each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as a faithful steward towards God's grace in various forms if you anyone speaks they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that all things God may be praised. Through Jesus Christ, to him the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as Though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or a thief or any kind of criminal or even a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name, for it is time for judgment to begin with God's household. And if it begins with us... What will the outcome be for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if it is hard for the righteous to be saved, what will become the ungodly and sinner? So then those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. Good evening, everyone. My name's Megan. Uh, If you haven't met me before,
0: I've just been here for this term, filling in uh, while Tim, the senior minister, is on long service leave. And this is my third and probably final sermon uh, with you in this series. And so I thought, what can I do to impress you? You know, I kind uh, uh, of—I've. done all the lots and lots of slides, that was last time, with lots of words on them, I thought that would impress you. Um, of course, uh, well, what I thought, I'll just get right down to it, I thought Latin. That, that's what will impress young people in Diamond Creek. I, I wasn't wrong, was I, Kirk? This... My Latin is actually, it's, it's excellent. I did two years of Latin when I was at high school and I can say the dog is in the street. Carnus uh, est in via, yes. And the mother is in the kitchen. Marta est in culina, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, I've still got this lovely piece of lavender that my daughter put behind my ear. Uh, But this, this is a phrase that uh, I I came across in a novel but has been used uh, by Jewish and Christian philosophers and ethicists, subspecie eternitatis. And the cool thing about Latin is you can say, like, a longer thing but with shorter, you know, fewer words. They're longer words, granted, but there's fewer. But this actually means under the aspect of eternity or from the perspective of eternity, in the light of eternity. And this is really where Peter brings us tonight. So as much as we have sat with the reality of suffering and said, you know, our day-to-day can be difficult as Christians... Peter now lifts our eyes and says, you must look at your day-to-day in the light of eternity. So you might have seen, uh, there was a couple of references in our passage, and I was so encouraged to see many of you with your Bibles open because it's a long passage and there's lots in there. You might have seen references to God being the judge of the living and the dead. You might have seen uh, things like you're blessed for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you, you may be overjoyed when Christ's glory is revealed. And then this, for it is time for judgment to begin with God's household and if it begins with us, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? All language and concepts that are not super common in what we might think of uh, in living day-to-day, but summed up in verse 7, the end of all things is near. Now, having spoken to people who have been suffering persecution for the sake of Christ, uh, he's not, Peter is not saying, the end of your suffering, um, you know, it'll pass. All things, this too shall pass. He's not saying that. He's saying the end of all things, this day-to-day walking around existence of yours, this, this world that is so mixed up and messy, this is coming to an end. The end of all things, the breaking in of eternity, God's setting everything right is near. And so, as you think about your day-to-day, as you think about your choices and how you're going to live, start with that. The end of all things is near. Live in the light of eternity. The first uh, section of the chapter talks about how we might behave in day-to-day life. And he's calling us, he says, if you've suffered because you've... um, uh, resisted temptation. If you've suffered because you've committed yourself to God, then be excited because it means you're done with sin. You're willing to go the hard yards, and and it's going to pass from you. You're turning away from sin. You're not doing what those who don't trust in God do. And you saw the list when you heard the list. You know, debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, detestable, idolatry, reckless, wild living. As a parent, you're just like, that doesn't sound tempting, that just sounds exhausting. I'm not, you know, there's nothing in that, I just want to go to bed. But of course, no matter uh, whether this seems to be something that, you know, kind of sounds like fun to you or not, Uh, It is the same uh, appetites and desires as we all have. He's kind of piled up the words to make it sound a bit ridiculous. But you and I have the same opportunities in far more civilised ways to live for today. Today. To make sure, well, if time is short, I'm going to have as much pleasure as I can. And it might not look like that list, but it might look like making sure you've got the best clothes, the best shoes. It might look like making sure that your money is yours. It might look like making sure, you know, you're as successful as you can be. I I saw a book, I'm always tempted to buy books, never read them, but just to have them and kind of... Make them absorb their titleness into my life. This one was called "Own the Day, Own Your Life: Optimized Practices for Waking, Working, Learning, Eating, Training, Playing, Sleeping, and a Few Other Things." And and I, I thought, I want, I need that. But it made me think, even if I'm like, oh, I'm too exhausted for all of that pagan stuff. Um, the temptation to live just for today, to live so that each moment of today is optimised, that is still there, as though that is all I have. And that if I, if I can just get that right, then I've ticked the boxes and life is fulfilled. But Peter would say, get some Latin in your life. Have a perspective from eternity. Your day-to-day is not all there is. And in fact, when your days end, that is not all there is. He uh, writes, this is the reason the gospel was preached even to those who are now dead. So that they might be judged according to human standards in regard to the body, but live according to God in regard to the spirit. Those who were around the church in the first century, no different to today, were saying, Well, you're talking about this eternal faith that you have, this eternal gospel, the good news about Jesus Christ, and it's supposed to make a difference. And yet, people who are in your church have died. Their day to day has ended and what difference did it make? And Peter wants to say the gospel was preached to those who have now died so that their death is not the end. They, You might look at them and say they're judged according to the body and human standards, that's it, it's over. But no, because God is the God of eternity because past and future and, uh, and, and life and death mean nothing, no obstacle to the God of eternity. Those who have died trusting in the eternal Christ, they live. Your day-to-day choices, your every day, it doesn't end at today and it doesn't end at your last day. Eternity is reality. The end of all things is near, he says. And so now, when you come to church, not only do you have strength for kind of everyday living outside of church, you have a a weightiness about your life together, about how you serve each other, When you come together, the perspective of eternity, that the end is near, makes what you do together even more important. There is a dignity in serving dinner. There is a dignity in sound desk, in music, in serving communion. There is a dignity in speaking from the front, speaking to each other, leading the prayers. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If you're speaking, speak as though it's the very words of God. Let eternity break into your gathering. If anyone serves, they should do it with the strength that God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and power forever. Eternity language. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind, so that you may pray. This is uh, the same teaching as Kirk brought to us a couple of times ago, that you are to have a life and a mind that is uh, so centred on God and so able to focus. And, And Kirk was so useful in saying that means, you know, Getting enough sleep, looking after yourself, uh, letting go of some of those things that might influence your thinking, like drugs and alcohol. But the point here is not just so that you can optimise the everyday, and it's not even so that you can kind of be really good when you're up the front. It's so that you can pray. Aretha Franklin, Queen of Soul, uh, recently passed away, and you might know the R-E-S-P-E-C-T, yep, got that right, and uh, Think. I used to work at a cafe where I had to. Well, I was a waiter and had to dance to those songs, but I'm not doing that for you now, particularly because Andy's got a camera, so definitely not happening. But uh, she did a gospel album, and one of the songs on that gospel album uh, was called I've Been in the Storm Too Long, and uh, she's singing it with another... Gospel singer, and they're kind of um, singing to each other, kind of competing. (laughs) I've been in the storm too long. I've been in the storm too long. And uh, kind of repeating that, and it just says, Lord, give me some time to pray. Peter says, You guys have been in the storm. And I know I feel like this year's been a bit of a storm. For me, to connect to eternity through prayer, to have the perspective of God in the midst of the storm is what's going to get you through. It's going to enable that behaviour on the outside that kind of turns away from, from what in the older translation was called that flood of dissipation, that the, uh, uh, you can add that to your Latin phrase, that the, that the pagans were living in, this reckless wild living. Helps you to turn away from that or just living for the day. Helps you bring that weightiness to your church gathering because you connect with eternity as you pray in the midst of the storm. Now that storm is what uh, we see Peter returning to in verse 12. And he says, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you. As though something strange were happening to you. I, I preached uh, to you from chapter one a few weeks ago, and uh, it is there that Peter uses this same introduces this same imagery, of the the gold that we have inside us, being purified through suffering, the fiery ordeal. Peter has in mind here that furnace that we spoke about. It doesn't matter if you weren't there. Pick it up right now. That we spoke about uh, that your faith, each time suffering comes. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like I'm not as good a Christian as I was when I was younger uh, because things are harder. And I don't have that same sort of... Joy? And yet, Peter would say that actually your faith is becoming more and more refined through those hard things. That uh, Tim Keller, preacher in the US, uh, talks about um, someone who'd been to a silversmith, someone who worked with silver to make jewellery and other things, and they said to him, uh, what... How, how, how do you know you've put the silver through the refining process, melting it down and getting the impurities out, um, enough? How many times? How do you know you've, you've got it really pure? And the silversmith, the metal worker, said uh, to the man, uh, I know I've done it enough when I can see my face in it. Peter is saying, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal, the purifying that has come on you to test you. Rejoice because you'll be overjoyed when Christ's glory is revealed and the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Do not be ashamed in your suffering. Praise God that you bear the name of Christ. You are being purified so that Christ might see his face in you. This picture of suffering as refining is what I think also gives Peter that confidence that the end is near you know that Peter is a big Old Testament man. Like this whole thing, actually, we don't see it necessarily, but under our English translation, there's lots of Old Testament imagery. And here he says uh, that it is time for judgment to start with the household of God. And he's thinking of the promises in the Old Testament of when eternity is about to break through. Let me read to you from Malachi chapter 3. I will send my messenger, says God, who will prepare the way before me. And that's used of John the Baptist. Uh, Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. That's uh, used by the gospel writers to say, "This this is Jesus. The Lord you are seeking has come to his temple. But who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire or a launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. He will purify the Levites... And refined them like gold and silver. Now, it's okay if you don't know the language, but the Levites were the priests, were the priestly group in God's people. And Peter's already told us that we are a royal priesthood. You know, we, there's the crown. We're living stones, like built into the temple. We're the priests who serve in the temple. We are this group, special, set apart, God's treasured possession. And when eternity is breaking in, when the messenger who's come before Jesus and then Jesus comes, and then that process of eternity breaking through, of full salvation is, is fully in progress, the Levites, God's people, they're going to be refined Judgment starting with the house of God doesn't mean punishment coming upon the people of God. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You have the gold of faith in Christ inside you. This is not about punishment coming on you. This is about God bringing that refining that he will carry on to the whole of creation, but beginning with you. And I want that. I mean, I don't want suffering. And I wish I wasn't in the storm, but I do want Jesus to be able to see his face in me. I do want to be the first ones who are going to be refined so that when Jesus comes, I stand there reflecting him. The end of all things is near. Eternity is breaking through because our suffering is part of that promise that God will be refining us in the end times, in the time when Jesus is preparing to return, when God will judge the living and the dead. We will be refined so that we can meet him and reflect him and his glory rests on us. The perspective of eternity gives us that strength to keep, I guess, relativizing the things that we might be tempted to do in the day-to-day and to focus on that and to say, this is the only moment, I must optimise it all. Eternity changes that. We don't just live for the moment. We're willing to use our money in, in ways that seem uh, reckless for the sake of the church, for the sake of the poor, We're willing to serve in church when we could be doing something else that sounds more fun. Nothing sounds more fun than serving here. Sometimes, maybe. We're willing to do that. We're willing to study something different. We're willing to give up our time maybe to do leadership training. This is not meant to be an ad, but, you know, if the shoe fits... We 're willing to uh, not have i don 't know the best schooling for our kids or even the safest place to live for our kids, because God is calling us to something, I'm speaking to myself, really, but at all of those things, it gives us one more thing: it gives us an urgency for mission because if there is refining going on for you and I and, and it feels like a storm and we don't love it, and yet we have the gold of faith in Christ that will stay, that will survive, those that don't won't make it through the ultimate refining. This is a proverb If it's hard for the righteous to be saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? And Jesus talks about that. You know, it's a narrow road. It's it's hard, even for those who are being saved. Paul would say the same. And so... There's an urgency to our bringing people in, to know this Jesus who'll give them the gold and silver on the inside, that when suffering comes, it's because they're being refined, not just being finished. It's tough. And we don't want to be the people standing, you know, with the sandwich board or pushing the cart in the city or the microphone saying, the end is nigh. And yet living from the perspective of eternity, we have an urgency with our compassion and our love because we know that God is the God of the living and the dead and that when life ends and this day ends, his eternal power and purpose and message will not be thwarted. It will continue And it matters what we do now and what they do now, what you do now. Maybe you're not a Christian tonight. Maybe you're not sure. Maybe you're kind of, this is hard and I've been in the storm too long. It matters. God's eternity will change you now or it might make things really rough later on. Allow that gold of faith to be in you so that in the refining, you're not over, but in fact, Christ sees himself reflected in you. Amen.